You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. It's the season. It is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame season in the class of 2023. The nominees have been announced, and we got a great crew here to talk all about it tonight. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I am Peachy Keen. And we have our music blogger herself, Michelle, is here. Welcome. Hi, thanks. And we also have Ricky and Bambi. Hello. Hi. The famed <laughs> Radio Cult crew is here and soon to be Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, too, eventually. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be really awesome and stuff. So we're going to not bore you guys and, you know, do intros and everything other than that just if you want to write us please feedback at earthstation1.com is the way to get in touch with us we want to hear what you guys think about the nominees this time there's a great it's a very mixed bag this year so it's going to be interesting to hear what everyone's opinions are going to be so let's get started right away and we will jump in and mr mike you want to take it away Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they uh they were announced uh what was it last week and uh um it is an interesting class to be sure. Um we've got some people who have been on and nominated uh, several times and some that are this is their first time, correct? Yes. Um and overall what what was the cons- what was what's the feelings about this group? Uh Overall, everybody that uh, I've seen likes the ballad. It's pretty pretty sonically diverse. Uh, it's a little less uh, culturally and gender diverse. Um, not as many women as a lot of us thought might be on the list. It's it's a good list to me. It's kind of missing. Some years they they put in an act that just you, you stop and you go, whoa, I never even thought about them, like uh, a fella cootie, and that's not here this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody here deserves to be in, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, and there's there's people here that a lot of people, including me, have wanted for some time. I just was looking for that that whoa moment, and it doesn't have a whoa moment. But it's a really good list. It is a good list. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, the fan vote is open. And, you know, definitely mm-hmm. go vote, folks. Yeah. I think yeah. it's interesting that almost half of the bands are actually rock bands. Yeah. I mean, it's fewer <laughs> than half, but, you know. At least in that direction. Sure. Mm-hmm. I also noticed, too, that it seems a lot, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but um, it seems like they're, most of the acts are 
I don't want to say more recent, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, groups from the, like, it seems like the 50s and almost 60s are, like, done now. The the hall has put out messaging to subtle hints that they <laughs> that they're done with that. Uh, the spinners was probably the closest thing to a wall moment because um, mm-hmm. we thought a lot of us thought they were done, and uh, it came out. Uh, I think Alan Light from the hall said that um, the passing of Tom Bell uh, last year. Uh, prompted them to rethink and put the spinners back on the list. And I really hope they get in. Mm. I think they have an uphill battle on this ballot, but I want them to get in. It'll be very interesting to see if they do. And, you know, some of these, it's just like, really? But it'll, it'll be fun to talk about. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it because there's 14 acts. So let's see if we can... Uh... Uh, and some of these we've covered before because they've been on the ballot before. So we've covered them in past episodes, uh, like we've done, uh, but, uh, and starting with this first group. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no. We're doing something. We're doing something. We're We're doing doing something folks. We are awesome. There we go. The, uh, yes, this is the complete list. Um, and this is the order uh, we're going to go in. Oh, this is the order. Oh, oh, Okay. We already screwed it up. That's okay. This is ESO. We always screw up stuff like that. I was just going on the order that the Rock Hall went uh, listed them. So, okay. and well, uh, is... for some reason, they choose A as as uh, A as in uh, the, the beginning of the alphabet. But, um, but they, that's cool. But obviously, they did because this sl- is right from this image is right from their webpage. So there you go. <laughs> All right, so we'll start then with Kate Bush. Uh, so uh, Kate's been on before, correct? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. This is... And and she got um she got like a high higher profile over the last year or so because of Stranger Things. Yeah, it's it's a funny year in which all the hall bloggers their consensus pick is Kate Bush. I mean that just does not usually happen. Um, but she was one of the least surprising names. To, to show up on this ballot. It's interesting with Kate Bush, because I agree, you know, I've always been a Kate Bush fan since I first heard her in the early 80s. But it's just interesting for me because she's not that well known. But now because of Stranger Things, I think she has a much larger presence. And I think that's how people are going to recognize her from it. I'd actually, I had heard her name previously before uh, Stranger Things, but I actually didn't know any of her music until Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, I'm not not terribly surprised. I mean, she didn't chart in the United States very often. And if she did, she never cracked the top 10, certainly maybe even the top 20. She was very, very big on alt radio. Exactly. She was very big in alternate radio or college radio as they called it back then yeah <laughs> yeah i think uh the uh i do remember uh the mtv days and uh kate bush's video uh with uh was it donald sutherland was donald in cloud busting yeah. cloud busting yeah that seemed to be in heavy rotation and that's mm-hmm. probably the heaviest uh song that uh i mean the most popular song because of that uh, at least around that decade. And then for the last, you know, you know, even though she hasn't stopped completely, the other thing too, with Kate that, 
that works against her too is that she doesn't do live performances very often. Mm -mm. She's not one that's always touring. I she doesn't isn't isn't that she doesn't like touring or she doesn't she doesn't oh, she doesn't like to fly. I know that. Um, I don't know if she doesn't like to perform or if it's just the grind of travel. The, yeah, the travel thing. Interesting. She's a she's you a brilliant like performer. anxiety. Yeah, she's a brilliant performer when she gets. Oh, very on stage, yeah. Very dance oriented, you know, very classical dance. And you look at like the Wuthering Heights video and such, it's pretty amazing stuff. And I used to, you know, it was always neat. And I was lucky enough to actually see her back in the early 80s, probably 84, 85. Mm -hmm. It was, she was just amazing in concert. So it was just, it was, it was a neat experience. I could see her getting in. I could definitely, especially with the Stranger Things push, though. Yeah. I I mean, feel like this is a case of, oh, I love Stranger Things. Let's put Kate Bush in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Wait, Mm -hmm. why? Well, she was on Stranger Things. Hmm. What about her music? What about her music? (laughs) We're not talking about music here. (laughs) This is rock and roll. I, even though I, I wasn't, really familiar with her music before stranger things i i knew about her because so many people did like her so Um, i think she's influential she's just not she hadn't charted until stranger things my father listened to her so i was familiar with her Mm -hmm. yeah thanks for making us feel old thanks Uh, (laughs) thanks ricky (laughs) thanks dude all right on to the next one (laughs) Uh, uh, next no, I, well, I mean, just lastly, I'll say that, you know, I don't think her, it's her music ability and her musical excellence and what she brings to the table. I don't think that's in question. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who knows her knows that she is like, uh, you know, one of the best, but at what she does and what she does is so unique. Um, but as far as, you know, the general public and everything, it's one of those ones that's uh, not as Mm-hmm. clear up until stranger things and and that pushback could work against her because we've seen before in the past where the rock hall will like feel like somebody's like promoting themselves just to get in and they'll push back and then they'll be blocked for a while um at well, least you can't uh, accuse her of doing that if anything she she hides from it i mm-hmm. i don't know she won't if, show up i don't you know i don't know if the, <laughs> I don't know if the voting body will, you know, they're they're like the Academy voters. They vote a lot of times. They will vote for who they know, who they've worked with. It isn't all this high-minded taking in and weighing the art, (laughs) the artistic merits all the time. Um, In a perfect world, it would be. It's not. Uh, Cindy Lauper is on this ballot, so they have two quirky women. I am not a hundred percent sure Kate will get in. This is her strongest possibility year, but I still have a little bit of doubt that the voters will go for it. Mm-hmm. They might just okay. say, "Oh, she's the running up that hill lady," and move on. Yeah, I, that's true. That's very, very true. All right. If let's... that's the case, they might put her in as a musical excellence. That's what I'm thinking. Also, mm. should we go on to the next? Yeah. Uh, next up is uh, Shell Crow. 
Um, I don't know that I've actually said this on the podcast before, um, but I do not like Cheryl Crow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, Sugarcoat it, man. Uh, yeah, That's what you really say, think, Mike. I'm just going to say it's a personal thing. I mean, I, you know, have respect for her. She's, you know, she's, she's certainly got the, the resume, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and she's certainly well regarded within the industry. Yeah. Uh, but I just, uh, she's not my thing at all. Uh, and, uh, so I'm, you know, I can't be objective here. Um, you know, if she gets in, I'm not, not, not a fan. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I, I could see her getting in, but I, I, she would not be on my list at all. I don't know if she's done, in my opinion, enough to, you know, deserve it, uh, but, you know, or earn it. But I mean, that's, a, that's a subjective thing too. So uh, that's, sure. that's, that's, that's my stance anyway. So. Yeah. I kind of, I feel like she had a handful of hits in the nineties and then she did that song for cars and uh, that's about it. I, I, I mean, she did have a handful of hits, which is more than some people they end up. Sure. And she did but, a bond theme. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's right. That's, that's true. true. I didn't. Of course. What was what, that? one of the worst rated Bond themes? <laughs> Which was it? I can't yeah. remember what the title. I I hear it in my head, but now I'm going through. Does anybody to remember, remember it. what it was? Yeah, it was the world is not enough. Yeah, that's right. right. It's not yeah. enough. Yeah, I didn't um, think it was that bad, but it's just you know, Bond themes are so usually grand. They're better than that. It yeah. wasn't bad on its own. <laughs> it's just in comparison. I uh. I heard someone cover that song. I heard someone else sing it, and I liked the song a lot more than uh, <laughs> I did. With her I was going to say, it. So, I had wondered. So wondered I, 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 and the same thing, I'll say this, the same thing is true about the Sam Smith song uh, the, in the last uh, Bond movie. I didn't like the song at all. Uh, not the last one, but the second to last one, um, Inspector, because um, mm-hmm. he, he sang Writing on the Wall, which he wrote. So, I mean, I guess he has the right to sing it, but I heard uh, a female vocalist do it and I was like, oh my God, I like this song. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it, it sometimes it's all in the delivery. Uh, and, you know, I don't feel like Cheryl Crow delivers, but I, you know, I'm going to, I'll step off. Um, I'll step off that hill. It feels, <laughs> You're not going to run up that hill? Yeah. <laughs> it feels down that hill. like she's... And maybe it's just me, but it feels to me like she's kind of country. She is country. Mm, she's transitioned she's between got a the country two. twang. It's mostly a little country. bit, but yeah, but her most of her hits have been in the you know top forty, and she's had number ones quite a few actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so. you know, she's she's kind of VH1 when uh, MTV was the cool stuff, and VH1 was the stuff your mom listens to. She kind of seems like VH1 that my mom would have listened to. I mean, not my mom. My mom listened to the Ramones, but <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. But not I not think... a fan. She's walking in. Yeah, I think she. I, I there's think a good chance walking. she's going to get in, but I I'm not a fan either. You know, I like her, but I'm not like oh, she's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame material. So yeah. so I would vote. I would vote against that. Can I, I don't can dislike I... her, but I was like, what? Okay. 
I was I was gonna I was thinking I, I'm I'm kind of surprised because I know that she's you know pretty well regarded um, and uh, usually um, I, my my thoughts on her are not echoed so it's surprising to me that everybody here is kind of uh, on that side although I don't know like I said her her, her vocals uh, don't do anything for me in fact they, they do the opposite of what I think she intends um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, but I mean, uh, Bambi, since you're the vocalist in the room, like, is she like, is, is, do you respect her vocals? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's really good at what she does. It's just, you don't, sounds like you don't like what she does. No, I don't. I don't. So. That's, that's, you know, I respect that too. But all she I wants to do is have some fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> the first song I heard of hers was that. And I, I didn't like that. So I didn't think I liked her, but then I, I've since like really thinking about it, I was like, well, no, I actually like a lot of her songs, but mm -hmm. I'm not a fan, but I'm not, I'm not in your level of distaste. I'm like, yeah, I like no. her. All right. <laughs> I really like some of her songs, like the way that, that they're written. And it's like, I, when you said country, I was like her guitar, a lot of the guitar elements in some of the songwriting is very country-esque, mm -hmm. but not necessarily the vocal melodies so, so if she was on. if she was from the 60s i would have put her in the folk movement type of stuff yeah i can see that yeah i can see that so that's where i that's where i put her in or anything so mm -hmm. okay so cheryl crow me okay eh. okay eh. all right let's go on to the next we like what Miss, we like missy, missy elliott. elliott in her nokia cell phones <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> that's why i did it uh I I understand that she is a uh, pillar of the hip hop community. Yes. Um I I I think I've heard a couple of is she on the um uh she's on the Moulin Rouge, right? Yeah. The the that song that they did with Pink and all that, right? Yes. Uh, Lady Marmalade, right? She's on that. Um, oh yeah, that's right. And uh and you know I will say this. I'm not denying her spot. I think it's, she's probably, you know, she's, you know, earned it. But there are other female, particularly female hip hop and rap people that I think should get in before her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, when we, we talked about Salt and Pepper. Did Queen mm -hmm. Latifah ever get nominated? No, no. Missy Elliott is the first female hip hop artist to ever be nominated. Uh, they have done men after man after man after man. So mm -hmm. I, she's not in my wheelhouse. I recognize her as a legend. I was happy to see this in that they were finally recognizing a woman in that genre. Yeah. Um, I guess that is for that, cool. I hope she gets in and then I hope they circle back and, and look at MC light and Queen Latifah and salt and Peppa. but yeah, I cannot TLC. say I anything. About <laughs> well, I guess TLC is not really in there. Nope. TLC. Yeah. Yeah, Missy Elliott's not on my wheelhouse either, and sorry to say that, but I only know like two songs by her. Mm. I am gonna <laughs> try really hard to not say. Anything. <laughs> I think she will get in. I think. She, I think. Yeah, there's a I good chance she will. You yeah. want to? All right. Any other comments? Yes. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, not qualified enough. Sorry. I'll just say for people who haven't heard my opinion before, it bothers me that so much music that isn't rock and roll 
is in and considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they need to call it something else if it's not going to be rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. How many people had 20 minutes into the show that Ricky would say? <laughs> I know. Like, I, you know, I think it's cool that he, everyone you know, drink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have, yeah. Everybody should know we, we include that guy in our show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. So, all right. Now, this is a band that I don't think you can argue is not rock and roll. But I can argue the choice of that photo. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It, um, you don't have the the singer, the voice for the band in there. Um Iron Maiden is <laughs> is the band on this list that I think should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as soon as they were eligible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is the only band on the list that I have zero reservations about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've put out dozens of albums. They've got some of the most uh, well-known album covers of mm -hmm. any band in rock and roll history. They put out a ton of amazing songs, and you absolutely cannot deny that they were influential musically. Even the font they use for their logo, if it's not paired up with their name, it's used for something else, other people recognize it. Oh, of course. And yeah. they have great, you know, even a little, you know, icon. The guy, yeah. you know, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. yeah, Eddie. <laughs> uh, I 100% yeah. support the inclusion of Iron Maiden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm just ashamed that they haven't been in there sooner. I, <laughs> I agree, they've been overlooked. I think, um, you know, certainly the door's been kind of cra cracked open a little bit in the past for uh, heavy metal, if you will, um, and uh. Uh, yeah, these, these are, these are guys at the forefront. Nobody, I, I, I can't think of anybody who would argue the only, the only thing about them is that they're kind of not to Kate Bush's level, but they never had like top hits, right? They never were on the radio much because they were doing their own thing. And the the fact that they're as huge and influential and as pioneering as they are without that, that without having that, I think is even more of a testament to them. But I will say that at the end of the relevant era of their career, they had two hits and they had one hit after they ceased to be relevant. Hmm. What, what so was that? Three hits. That's more than Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. Unlike but, Kate uh, Bush, they fly. Bruce Dickinson can fly jet. Yeah, that's there right. you go. Bruce that's Dickinson. True. Not pictured. <laughs> yeah. and, and you of certainly can't not. say that these guys don't like to tour because they've been oh, around the world. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Many, I think they're still times. are they still together? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there any of that drama that bands usually have that get in? Like, oh we uh, you know, this they don't have all the original members or well, who, what, will these people show up or not? Or what I'm gonna say about Iron Maiden is they were a two guitar band from the beginning. And at one point, one of the guitar players left and they had somebody else join. And when the older guy wanted to come back in, they became a three guitar band. Mm. So rather than making somebody leave, they just said, we're just going to add another guy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. 
And that, I thought that's that pretty was really cool. cool. That, that, that's so metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more It'll guitar. More guitar. Let's have one more guitar. Let's turn it up to 11, right? Like, I mean, I mean, Iron Maiden is so popular, they were parodied, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Yep. <laughs> yes. I will say, of everybody on the list, this is the one that I think that's my number one choice if they were going to win this mm. current list, it would be Iron Maiden. Their their chances are probably not great, but I mean, no. who knows? I think they're better now than they would have been if yeah. they were on the ballot like three or four years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, this is their second nomination. Gotcha. So. Yep. Here's hoping. Yep. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, all right. Next, we have uh, two bands. No, just kidding. Uh, well, kind of. I don't kind know. Of. That, I've, kind I don't of know that I've of. ever seen. I've never seen the Rock Hall do this. Where they're putting in like two bands in one spot, and that's Joy Division and New Order. Now I know that they they have, as the Rock Hall says, a single story. They do, but I very much don't. So. I don't know that this has been. Is this unprecedented? No. Oh small, no. Uh, small faces, faces. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I'm not surprised they did it this way. And it's a better chance of both bands making it in this way. To me, it feels like, hey, we're going to nominate the Beatles slash the Traveling Wilburys. You think that they should both be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm sorry. They're the same band, pretty much. It's um, not the same band. It's... They, they do have some of the same members, but that doesn't make it the same band when the musical style completely changes. Mm, I disagree with that, Rick. Sorry. <laughs> absolutely welcome to disagree, but I think it's two different bands. Well, it's interesting because Joy Division was on the brink of making it huge. And, you know, with then the lead singer committed suicide right on the beginning of their U.S. tour. And the you know, the rest of the members of it um, went in and they became New Order. And they, you know, but they didn't do like traveling Wilburys. Come on, dude. That's, that's, that's picking, you know, yeah. you have a better chance. Well, of saying, had we, had, had a better chance. So it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But in it, it's, was it. You had a better chance with Ringo's was, all-stars. Come on. It's all the same members. The singer died. They changed their name, went on and then added a, a keyboardist. I think it was a mm -hmm. keyboardist. But yep. they changed the style of music. I see. Yes and no. It, to me, it's it was still similar. It was just like as a band grows. If the singer had stayed and they s still went the direction they went, it would still be the same band. Exactly. Me. So Velvet Revolver's just Guns N' Roses with a different yeah. singer? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's funny. Eh. <laughs> But also, I, you know, honestly, Joy, but Joy Division, you know, and then New Order had, you know, almost greater success than Joy Division. More people know New Order than Joy Division in some, a lot of circles. Yeah, I, I will say, all right, taking them either together or separately, right? Mm -hmm. I will say that if you're including, you know, quote unquote, alternative rock, new age, whatever you want to call it, you have to put both of these guys both these bands in because they're I both yeah. heavily influential 
in terms of I mean, if you put the cure in, you've got to put new order and joint division in. If you're, you know, that it just, um, they were, they were always at the forefront of that movement. They were always there. Um, mm-hmm. and they were always doing things with their music, uh, that other bands were imitating. Um, this is, by the way, jo- new order is one of the few bands on this list that I've seen, uh, in person. And, uh, they were really boring. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, wow. and, and I, I will say that because uh, they, they sound like what they bring to the stage is exactly what they record almost. I mean, they can capture it pretty closely. So it sounds exactly the same. There's not a lot of jamming going on, not a lot of improv. Um, and they oh, don't, show. they don't really put on a great show. They yeah. just sort of play the music and, and that's cool. I'm not saying that, you know, that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't fun to listen to and everything, but it, it's kind of a dull show. Um, if visually, if that's what you're, you know, you're trying to get the crowd into it. I mean, everybody's dancing like you're at a rave or something. Heck, heck, I don't even know if raves would exist without these two bands. Yeah. Because they started the whole trend of not doing anything on stage, so you got to keep yourself entertained. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, I, and look, I, you know, I will say that uh, I like their music a lot. Um, and uh, there's not probably a you know a few days that go by without me getting one of their songs stuck in my head. So, to me, they have all the qualifications. I think it's odd that they're combining them like this i well, guess if like, you if you nominate one yes people will be screaming about the other one and you you don't want to go through this well what if we get in one and then the other one mm-hmm. doesn't make it for a few years put them both in i mean i get it or likely happen neither of them will get it now i think that i has has have one of the other been nominated before no, no. this is the first this is the first person. time Yeah, I'm not sure no, what's going to happen on this ballot. No, I think it's going to be next year. Yeah. I think, you know, and I want to see them in. I think they deserve to be in. But, you know, more than other band people who are nominated this year. So it'll be very curious to see. I don't know. The last few years, we've gotten The Cure in. We've gotten Depeche Mode in. I think the door is open for that slot, you know, every year. Um, and I can't think of a better act to fill that slot than these guys. So that's my, that's my stance. <laughs> I, I I would vote them in. Okay. Separately or together. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Cindy Law. All right. And uh, Cindy, this is her first time. First time. First God, time. It's so amazing to me that, these some of these acts have been eligible for a long time. Yeah. And like this is only the first time. Uh and her fan base has erupted. <laughs> they, are, they are just losing their minds. Is she leading the fan she vote? She is leading the fan vote. She slipped yes. for like a day and George Michael took the first spot and they were not having it. <laughs> I will say this. Crazy. I, a lot of people don't understand how amazing of a singer she oh, is. Yeah. Oh, she's brilliant. so underrated. She is probably one of the best singers that has ever been on the charts. Wow. 
she is an amazing singer. She makes it sound easy. Yeah. Her, <laughs> I think uh of course George Michael's on this too, and I'm like, oh I'll see my comments. I have a absolutely huge level of respect for Cindy Lauper, and I, I also like a lot of her songs. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know that I'd put her in the category of rock. But if we're talking about rock and pop, I think she definitely deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I would like to point out that uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun is a cover. <laughs> Nobody yep. seems to know that. <laughs> she did. A, she did. She made a lot of covers her own. Uh, yep. When You Were Mine is a Prince song, but she kind of owns that, too. Um, and uh, there's a couple of other tracks, too. But, I mean, you can't deny like that her version of it in particular became like uh uh an iconic women's theme like that is like just transcended anything any of the music charts yeah i i think that if we're talking about other genres besides rock cindy lopper deserves to be on here as much as anybody i mean she's an amazing performer she has a lot of great songs she's covered a lot of great songs i i really don't have anything negative to say about her good because you'd have to go through me no just <laughs> well then i'm gonna then i'll get started now because <laughs> i'm i'm not a cindy lopper fan at all and i'm not so sure i would want to even see her in the rock hall because mm-hmm. literally for me you know after what the mid to late eighties, she disappeared in a lot of ways. And I hadn't heard anything. So is Cheryl Crow. So is, you know, (laughs) you know, so is a lot of these other folks that you guys have bad mouthed and said, Oh, I don't think they should be in. I think I'm just responding to the comment that she hasn't done anything since the eighties. No, but she hasn't had a hit or she hasn't had anything, you know, you know, any chart, anything on the charts. And so for me, I have, you know, I respect her. I thought she was great in the eighties. I thought she was different. Hey, she's so unusual. You know, it was, (laughs) it was a great album and it was, I saw her in concert and she was fun and she, she did put on a great, great show, but I don't, you know, like Ricky said, you know, she's very poppy. At the and but she has a great like you said a great vocal range but is that enough to get her into the rock hall? I'm not so sure. So, I mean, I get it. Um, sort that is a you know that you you sort of you can use the same arguments that I have for Cheryl Crow on Cindy Lauper, but you know if it comes down to the two of them, I'm in Cindy's corner every time, and right. and um and also. Because I think she and that album and the whole rock and wrestling thing just transcended and took uh, rock into places that it hadn't been to before. And she's like the face of that. And I think that that means that should be counted, too. It really begs the question, what do we consider something rock and roll Hall of Fame worthy? I mean, is it about longevity? Is it about talent? Is it about popularity? Influence. Is it about being a rock musician? Obviously, that's not it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
you know, there are a lot of different levels are, are a lot of different forms of success and a lot of different forms of being celebrated. So if you're talking about talent, I don't think there's any argument that she should be in there. If you're talking about whether or not she's rock and roll, maybe, but like I said, that doesn't seem to be the case. If you're talking about how much longevity she had with hit songs coming out year after year after year, then maybe she's not, eligible for the rock and roll hall of fame but if you're just talking about how influential she was and how talented she is and uh the fact that people still go to her shows all of those things would say she's very deserving of a nomination well somebody commented on my blog and and said well she she went away and the culture forgot about her She was done after 88, and I replied, I said, well, in that span of time, she became three-quarters of an EGOT, wrote two Broadway musicals, one of which she won a Tony for, got into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, did numerous acting jobs, recorded albums across, she did bluegrass, she did jazz, she did country, she was doing things that she thought were valid, that she thought were important, and... It wasn't stuff that the label wanted to promote and back up. Um, I don't think that commercial success is everything about getting into the Hall of Fame because that just makes the Hall of Fame a rubber stamp for, oh, you're famous. Ka-chink. <laughs> I mean, um, she influenced a, people like Lady Gaga. We wouldn't have mm-hmm. Lady Gaga without her. Um And as far as one album, a lot of people go off on the, oh, one album. Guns N' Roses is in there for one album. They sure as hell aren't in there for, um, what's it, Chinese democracy? They're not in there for that, folks. So I don't know if the Sex Pistols are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they only had one. (laughs) Thank you. They are in the Hall of Fame. Um, But they are influencers. Yes, exactly. So... Yeah, there and, you go. and I think to your point, Ricky, I think that it is different. Like, I don't think there's a one thing that you, like, there's not at a path that you have to do check off this, this, and this to get in the hall. I think it's different for every artist, and it just depends on a lot of different factors. Because um, right, exactly. it's not like, it's not like, oh, if you have 10 number one hits, you automatically right. get in. It's it's more nuanced than that, I think. And then that's what makes kind of talking about this stuff interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Are we going to the next? <laughs> yeah, George Michael. So, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things that we just said about Cindy Lauper could be said about George Michael. Yeah. Yep. I say, again, phenomenal, phenomenal vocalist. Yeah. Oh, amazing vocalist. Oh, my God, vocalist. he was so good. Yes. Yeah. Whether you liked his music or not, Oh my God, he oozed talent. That guy could really sing. If you mm-hmm. had told me in the 80s, in 85, 86, that, that, you know, 30, 40 years from now, we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame and we're discussing or debating whether Cindy Lauper or George Michael should get in, I would be like, you're crazy. Like, they <laughs> both are like, like, should be in right away. Like, like at that time, these people were like, I don't want to say gods, but they were huge. They were like bigger than life. They were 
like they were the the, the at the top of the pillar as far as the 80s music goes right mm-hmm. like amazing 80 music scene and i just uh it's hard for me to separate that from the music sometimes not only was he a brilliant vocalist he was one of the best songwriters in pop yeah, yeah. history mm-hmm. just yeah. an absolute freaking genius that, is that um, the cue that we all needed to start singing careless whisper Oh yeah! <laughs> Never. Now we just need to start nope. meowing the sax part. <laughs> I will never forgive him for sexy sax man. That's all. I, was uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, Mike. What do you think about George Michael? Um, I enjoyed his music. I liked it when he was with Wham, and I also liked a lot of his solo stuff. Do I think he deserves to be in the hall? Yes, I do. I think he is very well deserving as a songwriter, as an influencer. He, you know, influenced a lot of, you know, Justin Timberlake and folks like that later on, you know, and I think, you know, just, and also what he gave to the industry was just amazing stuff. And, you know, poor Andrew Reno is never going to yeah. get into that <laughs> but that's okay maybe maybe he can go and accept on his behalf yeah but exactly. I, i'm like you know sorry dude but you were you know next to george michael that's mm. really hard to compete you know it's funny as how we used to joke about it you know saying that you know wham was kind of like the rockers in the wwe yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> no absolutely you and know. george michael was like Shawn michael exactly john michaels yeah (laughs) yeah very similar there except and and, you know it's unfortunate too because it's hard to think of and this in particular that uh you know it's pretty his his tale's a pretty sad one overall Mm -hmm. Uh, he fell very hard yeah well yeah and uh you know he was a superstar and and yeah he the way he ended up was just not fair to anybody Mm-hmm. when he died that was heartbreaking because it's like celebrities die there's all these people saying oh i miss this person oh they were genius this and that when he died it was just non-stop making fun of george michael memes i kept saying mm. I was like, Man, that's so sad he was so Agreed. talented and he didn't get the same respect when when he no. passed that the general public seems to get that is true i was like oh yep. that's so awful Nope. Agreed. All right. Well, on that happy note, I guess we will take a a quick break and then we will round out the uh, second half of the nominees. We'll be back in a moment and we have a new sponsor. So check them out, folks. You did change your pants. How nerdy are you, Cher? Do you love gaming, costumes, and cosplay? Grab some beats and come party with us at Nerdy Graw, a three-day carnival celebration of all things geek. Join the crew for music, entertainment, gaming, cosplay, and celebrity guests including DC Douglas, Steve Jackson, Mark Neer, and Jessica Nova Friday, March 10th through Sunday, March 12th at the Atlanta Marriott Northeast at Century Center. Visit NerdyGraw.org for more information. Join the crew at Nerdy Graw, Cher. Go to room at the hotel for a party that's going to last the whole weekend. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I am really thrilled this week because we have a big, or at least a hopefully a big movie, coming to theaters. The next chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man 
quantum mania. I've been trying to avoid a lot of the buzz online about this just because I like to kind of be surprised because I think this one will be kind of trippy and mind-bending. I do have to say I am a little worried about this one that maybe it could get a little complicated for the more casual fans, which is always a tricky balance in the MCU that you want to be faithful to the comics and continue on the storyline and reward repeat viewers while also having something that's accessible for more casual fans who may not necessarily see every single MCU movie and TV show. All that aside, I feel like the plot may get a little bit messy, but Jonathan Majors is going to be amazing. I loved seeing him in the Loki TV show, and I'm so excited that he is going to be on the big screen. So yeah, I'm curious to see how this works as a movie, how this pushes the MCU forward. And yeah, I feel like overall phase four of the MCU has been a bit of a mixed bag for some fans. I know that personally, I have really appreciated it because I feel like they're trying different things. They're not just kind of sitting around and coasting on, yeah, we made two of the biggest movies of all time, Infinity War and Endgame. We're going to keep trying to mix it up and tell different stories. So not all of them have necessarily been winners, but you know, hey, I did get Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which is one of my top three MCU movies of all time. So I hope they continue to experiment in that audience's continue to be there for these films and these characters that we have grown to know and love. And yeah, so basically that's going to be what all the conversation is centered around probably online in geek circles is Ant-Man Quantumania. So I'm looking forward to seeing it and talking about it. Meantime, if you're looking for more entertainment related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO podcast website. Check out the Modern Musicology podcast where each week we talk about things like what makes a great drummer, our favorite rock documentaries. Songs we love by artists we don't love. Our favorite concert memories. Songs that should have been singles. And all of our favorite music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now. Do not use modern musicology if you're allergic to it. Modern musicology may produce itching, dizziness, vertigo, temporary blindness, or heart palpitations. Do not taunt modern musicology. Ask your doctor about switching to modern musicology. Welcome back. Now it's time for the second half of... The class of 2023 nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mr. Mike, take it away with Willie. Is this the oldest guy on the list? No, uh, Willie's going to be nine he's 90. Years old yep. Willie we, Nelson is Judy on the and list. I are actually thinking about going to his 90th birthday party that they're having at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, wow. Yep. You get to see Shell Crow. I know. <laughs> Lucky me. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I'll pass. Um, but, uh, okay, Willie Nelson is a songwriter. Um, we all know who Willie Nelson is. Uh, he's, but he's mainly country and folk. I think certainly, uh, you know, he's on, is he on the level of Johnny Cash, who's already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, yes. he's probably, I would, yes. I would yes. say he's, I mean, he's equal to sort of Dolly Parton, uh, who was nominated and got in last year. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm certainly not denying that he's not, <laughs> I can't say anything negative about Willie Nelson as far as his status and his, his career, um, and his life. Um, he is, uh, an American institution. Um, so, and you know, if the rock hall is trying to get more like brownie points by getting him in there, I, you know, like they did with Dolly Parton, I guess this is a no brainer. 
I think, think he's got a good shot. And I, I think, think it's so. really cool. And he's been a crossover artist, you know, in multiple hits that he's done. And not just on the road again. And so I think, and he's written rock songs and he's written, you know, songs that rock bands have covered over the years. And, you know, I definitely think Willie, I think he's a shoe in for this year. I think. Where's Julio Iglesias? They did a duet <laughs> together. Like they should like recreate that. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. you're saying it could be Willie Nelson slash Julio Iglesias. Cause it's pretty much just the same guy. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite's down there like no, no. Uh, where's the mute button although i will say this is you know unfortunately with some of the other artists that we we're talking about like the one we just talked about before the break george michael if they're gonna put them in please put them in while they're still alive mm-hmm. yeah well george michael's not still alive yeah no no. That's why I'm like, you know, it's it's so sad that they, you know, sometimes wait too long to make these yeah. decisions and arbitrarily. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's just to it happens totally more honest, often than I'd like. I don't think Willie Nelson cares at all if he's in the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, but, I don't uh, think he does either. But that's because he's one of the most rock and roll people out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like I'm getting a contact high just looking at the photo. <laughs> I do think that Willie Nelson is up there with Johnny Cash mm-hmm. when it comes to rock and roll country artists. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of rock and roll legitimacy with both of those artists, even if they're in the genre of country. Um because there was a lot of the rock and roll attitude. And I think if either of those artists had come out a few decades later, there's a good chance they would have been rock artists instead of country artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't disagree I, with that. I think Willie Nelson is an incredible songwriter. Yeah. And he has written so many amazing songs. And he has certainly been someone who has stayed in the public eye for just not just years, but generations. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes that was not by choice. Right. Touche. <laughs> Touche. But nonetheless. Yeah. That makes it even more rock pretty and rock and roll. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would not put him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The only thing that I can see that would prevent someone from being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like Willie Nelson is being a country artist. And since that doesn't matter, put him in. I mean, come on. Why not? Is this his first time being nominated? Yes. Yes. How is that possible? He's been in the business over 60 years. The Hall is showing signs of being very interested in... Uh, developing a relationship with the country genre. They're sponsoring some concerts at the Ryman. Um, I would look in future years for uh, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings. I bet you Waylon Jennings will be next. Uh, I could see Patsy Cline. I could see Emmylou Harris. Chris Christopherson. Christopherson. Oh, uh, man. Maybe Loretta Lynn. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a ton of country artists who are – ready to go across and everything. Yeah. So, so yeah, it'll, it'll be a trend. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
if you're inviting, if you're having a party, <laughs> invite more the Willie merrier. Nelson. Like, <laughs> if, he shows, if he shows up, so much the better. Yeah. Just prepare for a contact high. It'd be good. Yeah. You're like, what's this fog machine? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's in the bathroom again. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> With All a lot right. of other artists, I'm sure. Um uh yeah, he's not he's not solo on that one. Uh all right. Uh Rage Against the Machine has been nominated a few times. Weren't they in last this year? Is, this is their fifth or sixth. And wow. I don't know if it's going to change with this ballot. I don't think so. I have a feeling they're going to have to go the Veterans Backdoor Committee route. or Musical Excellence or whatever way they're, yeah, I don't see this happening on right on the ballot this year. I'd Which, like to see it, but. I, I'd like to see it too. I think the thing that with me that doesn't, I never vote for them. Because not because they're not worthy, just because I feel like there's so many other artists that should be in f- before them. Um, you know, that if we're going chronologically anyway, like there's other artists that really need to be in while they're still alive. Like I think a band like like Green Day was admitted way too soon. Yes. Um and um and I and love it Green took, Day. It, and yeah, I do too. And I and I think they're worthy of it. But I think they just were put in way too soon. The first year, I think they were eligible. And like to me, it's like you just took away a spot from a veteran who could get in before they die. Like, not to say that the young, you know, they could die at any age. But uh, uh, I think they should get in. Uh, I like their music a lot, um, at least some of it. I, and and I think uh, they're influential. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about him before. I don't know if there's anything new that we need to say about him, but yeah. Well, I I'll say, possibly surprisingly, I'm not really a big fan of theirs. Really, but uh, despite that, I do think that they were extremely influential, and they were uh, definitely doing a new form of rock. So, when it comes to originality success and influence i think they should be in but i agree with mike that it might be a little early for them to be in or maybe it's just i'm really freaking old (laughs) (laughs) it just seems like they're a new band to me (laughs) well there is that too but i don't know you can't really talk about the late 90s or aughts right the 2000s early 2000s without Raging Against the Machine and Limp Biscuit, yeah. and I don't think yeah. Limp Biscuit's even been no. mentioned. So, and that surprises me too because I those would totally were totally choose Rage Against the Machine over Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I, w- I would too. I, 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 I don't disagree with that. But you know, from you know, my experience was they both were huge around that time, and I'm surprised that one is not being mentioned at all. I would think Corn in that lineup oh yeah yeah exactly Exactly. probably more so but i think of all those bands that we're talking about rage against the machine was the most musically talented and most musically creative Mm, i also think they were i also think they were most diverse too and they were most uh most uh political it's definitely political. no question yeah Yeah. i mean they were really raging (laughs) like the others were the others were like we're a band making money but Rage Against the Machine really felt more like a movement. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're like the Bob Dylan of their era. Mm, I don't know, Bono was pretty hard <laughs> going for a while there. Yeah. Sometimes so. on social media, people push back against uh, who's their who's their founder there? Blanking out because I'm sleepy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I could just think Tom Morello. That's the guitar. Tom. Tom. They well, push he was back against Tom. Guitar, stop stop bringing politics into it. And then yeah. somebody like, um, um, the hello? name of the band? Yeah, no, yeah I know. <laughs> I actually have an interesting side note here. Uh -oh. um, someone on uh, Twitter said, I used to be into Rage Against the Machine until they got political. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Tom Morello responded, which of my songs did you not think was political so that I can remove them from social media? <laughs> and uh, when that happened, we did a cover of a Rage Against the Machine song. When that happened, our cover got something like 20,000 listens. <laughs> That's awesome. So, in a very yeah. short amount of time. Yeah. So uh, it helped us tremendously. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's cool. All, All right. right. Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Definitely influential. Oh, definitely God, yes. influential. And Saw them the first time in 1991. Uh, yeah. I, singer too. You can't mm -hmm. talk about Seattle grunge without Soundgarden. No, uh, it's funny too it, it, because they were right like, up there with Nirvana. They were there with, you know, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, you know, all those. Yeah. And, you know, Soundgarden was all part of that. They were, you know, they all exploded all at the same time. And I think a lot of times Soundgarden's the least, you know, recognized of the group. Which is and weird that, to me because, in my opinion, this isn't just my opinion, but to me, they were the best musically um and uh and chris cornell uh has the best voice of any of them uh any seattle band ever um i saw chris cornell in person uh singing uh at a concert but a solo so i haven't seen soundgarden itself but i've seen chris cornell um and it was one of it was just a amazing experience uh it was just him and a guitar really and i was like damn like this guy I don't know why he's not like they're not they're not talked about more often. Why do you think they're not like they had hits? They had hits. They they were on the charts. They were huge at the they're time. Hit, a but lot of times I, their hits were a little bit later, though, than because uh, Nirvana was the one that broke it, and mm -hmm. then was Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden was probably a year later. You know, was it was it Black Hole Sun, which was a lot later? That was their well, biggest yeah, Black record. Hole Sun, they, they had Spoon Man, you know, the other bands you're mentioning, but it just they just were eclipsed by Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yeah. I think that's true, and and I think I think personally, Soundgarden is a better band musically and in almost every sense than either of those two bands. Uh, um, so, Different. I mean, that's, that's a personal preference, but yeah. I, I'm always scratching my head as far as why they're not in the conversation more, because I really think that they're, they're worthy and they're a great band. I think the reason is that their songs weren't as, uh, 
commercially accessible. So even though they did have hits, where Smells Like Teen Spirit captured a generation, a lot of Soundgarden songs went over the heads of most of the the common listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I put that, you know, the same way Alice in Chains is because the same way a lot of it. Alice in Chains was originally pointed, uh, promoted as a thrash band. Oh, I know. They they toured with Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth, (laughs) which seems totally bizarre in hindsight. Justin Timberlake and ACDC, just saying. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Jimi Hendrix and the Monkees. But still, (laughs) um, Soundgarden sent me their demo in the 80s. (laughs) Really? Yeah. yeah, Soundgarden has had been around since '82, I think. They they started really early in the '80s, and then just you know, and they just floundered for a long time. Yes, they did, and everything. And then you know, when grunge was, you know, they were everyone was trying to sop up everything that was Seattle, and Soundgarden, you know, got caught up with that, and they that's where they got their break. And, That's really uh, a good point. I think had they come from a different city, they may never have found success. No, agreed. Whether agreed. whether they deserve it or not is not the point. It's just the fact that they were in Seattle, right place, right time. Luck of the draw. Yeah. They ended up getting the opportunity. And once they got the opportunity, they made the best of it. But yes. I, I agree that they're a phenomenally talented band with a great singer. Mm. Are they Chris... still together? No, they're not still together. No, Chris is Chris is gone. Yeah. I didn't know if the others did anything or not. Um I don't think so. Yeah. And that that is yeah, that is another tragedy on on the list too. And uh is this their first nomination? Second. Second. But right. uh I mean I think I think they're worthy, but uh, even if they are like, you know, the third best band out of Seattle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, from, from what everybody else said, I mean, I think they're on top. They're the, they won the battle of bands for me, but I can understand. I, I can't argue with the fact that Nirvana and uh, was more, was, was, was bigger and Pearl Jam as well. Um, I have my own issues with Pearl Jam, but that's for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Soundgarden, it gets a thumbs up for me. Okay. I have a feeling this could be their year. Possibly. The Spinners. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Now this is a classic era. This is the only classic era band artist that's on this list, I think. Is that fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is it just a matter of you know, everybody else is in, and these are like the we're talking about the like you know the best of the whatever's left. Or I know you're a big fan of the spinners and why they should get in. So I guess I'll let you take it from here. I could not sit here and tell you <laughs> all their chart positions. They had tons of hits. They were just pristine at what they did. Um, their career lasted pretty long time i think it was at least two or three decades with the general original lineup i think in that picture that's that's a reconstituted lineup um there's one original member left 
Henry Fambro is uh, 85 years old. Um, but they uh, they kind of got short shrift there, and we thought we thought there was no chance, and then here they are. Uh, unfortunately, because Tom Bell passed away, um, would love to see it. I think. Do you think because now um, you know? I don't know how much they push their views, but now that uh, the alumni includes Daryl Hall and Todd Rundgren, who are both influenced by this, I probably doubt Todd Rundgren's <laughs> turning you, the ballot. Do you think like? Do you think like, you know, that has more uh, sway? Daryl Hall's been been a voter for years. He's probably written in the spinners every single year. I don't know if it, what would make a difference. I am not sure it'll make a difference this year. I really don't. Um, They're not doing well in the span. In the, is, are they, what are the fan vote? Who's last? Uh, last is a tribe called Quest. It's miss. It, it's it's like a, every year the uh, the hip hop <laughs> goes whoop to the bottom. Um, it's Missy is second to last. Tribe called Quest is last, and I think I think Spinners is fourth from last. Um, I don't go by fan the vote. Does, yeah, fan vote no. does not reflect what the voters will do, but I don't know. If the photo, if the voters will latch on to that, I really don't. So I, I don't know what will happen. I would like to see them in, but I don't know. But they are really great. Oh, they are. Any other thoughts on the spinners? No, no. good man. No. I, 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 think I think they should be in. I think, you know, I definitely think so. You know, I want to see them up there singing Rubber Band Man. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cool. working my way back to you, babe. That's the song I keep. Thinking. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe Auntie Dion could come and they and they could do. Then came you. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right, let's go on to a tribe called Quest. We talked about a tribe called Quest last year. Uh, is this our second time? Yes. Okay, this is our second time, and I think when the first time they were nominated, we we talked about them as much as we could, which was not very much. and it's still not very much yeah i was gonna uh, say it's probably the same i will say that they kind of hit my radar just recently uh because i don't know much about them per se but they were part of in the uh late 80s or early 90s they were part of i guess what's called the native tongues movement of of hip-hop which also included de la soul um, and as many people probably listening to this know, we lost a member, a key member of De La Soul just yesterday. We found out that he passed and mm. that was a shocking thing to me. He was my age, like ex- almost exactly my age. Um, and De La Soul, uh, their first album anyway, uh, Three Feet High and Rising was, uh, is a really great album. And I always, uh, love them. Uh, they're not on the radar very often and I don't think they've ever been nominated uh but they haven't been on the radar because a lot of their collective their their early music due to sampling issues and all that kind of stuff has not been available for streaming uh that changes next month so i think a lot of people are going to be reintroduced to de la soul so i wouldn't be surprised at all to see de la soul on this list next year um that is a very sidetrack way of talking about Tribe Called West. <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. 
<laughs> no, it's sorry. It's interesting, okay. and I think you know they deserve a listen. I'm not sure that they're going to get in though. I'd say no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about them per se. I mean, I, I'm. I know mo- a lot more about De La Soul, obviously. And if they're on that kind of level, mm-hmm. then in there, you know, then obviously, I think they are, they're worth the discussing. They're worth the nomination anyway. Fair enough. The white stripes. Oh yeah, white they're stripes. Influential. Yes. Uh. I don't have any, um, personally, I don't question their legitimacy. Is this their first nomination? Yes. Okay. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, the way the math was working, when when the hall was on its old schedule and the, and the ceremony was in the spring, you actually had to be 26 years after your first recording to get in. So nobody, they weren't on anybody's radar because they were supposed to be eligible next year. And the hall was like, oh, we're on this new schedule. Let's nominate White Stripes because their first record was 98. So plop, yep. they were they were a surprise to a lot of people. Um, so here they are. I think it's interesting that the hall made that little tweak and, and they were the beneficiaries of it. Um, Jack White is really well regarded in the industry. Um, for production and and his uh, recording studio, his record label, um, worked with so many people. He's got that uh, that um, popularity. And it's interesting because he's in a lot of ways he's more, you know, well known as a solo than he is even with the White mm-hmm. Stripes and everything. Because a lot of people only know the White Stripes from Seven Nation Army, yeah. and. You know, other than that, you know, because their first couple albums weren't very popular and they just, but then they exploded onto the scene and they were everywhere for for quite some time. I think Jack White is one of the most talented guitar players I've ever seen. And he's a great musician all around. And, you know, Meg is not a bad drummer herself, so... (laughs) Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I was trying to be nice. All right. Is she better than Ringo? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. No. You no. White no. Sorry. Sorry. No. Sorry. No. I was going to say Ringo no. is much better than Meg White. I thought you were saying that. You know, she she filled the role she needed to fill. Yes. And I think it's awesome. I saw a meme when Neil Peart died that Meg White was going to be taking his place in Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> no, I you know I know the jokes about it, but she was there for a reason, and I think it's I think it's neat. Yeah, more power. She to she did her part, mm-hmm. and she actually played drums in some ways. In kind of a unique way. Yeah, yeah. But she is generally considered the worst drummer to have ever made the charts. Um, hey, Meg. Do you, do you think yeah. that this should be, like, held off and, as, and just put Jack in solo? I think that, you know, combined, if it wasn't for her, the way that she played, if they had a, if he had gotten a, 
a drummer that knew what they were doing, it probably wouldn't have worked it, the same. Well, it wouldn't have sounded, it, it definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have yeah. worked the same. Yeah, it's, she, she did add to it and because of her, um, I guess, inability, like without her knowledge of being a longtime drummer or anything like that, she brought something that somebody that has been playing wouldn't have been able to do. She looked at the drums different because she didn't know what she was doing. And I'm like, that really does add a unique spin that somebody that does know what they're doing can't, they can't remove the knowledge that they have and play that way. And I'll also say, as a drum teacher, it's one of the first three songs that I teach kids on drums. Uh, Seven Nation Army. Yeah, the song yeah. Seven Nation Army. It, 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 it's very, it's just very... Yeah, you know, it's right. But there's a lot of changes. Yes. And still new drummers are able to understand a lot of elements about drumming through Meg White. It it's a mm -hmm. good way to explain a lot of uh elements of how to play drums. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a Let's listen to the shags and talk about what oh. not to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I think you can't argue that Seven Nation Army is one of the most famous rock songs in the world now. Um, every student that I have that comes in, I ask them to name a band, and a lot of them can't even name the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones. Uh they can't name any bands. They can't name Nirvana. They play that riff. But for if them, you though. play the riff for Seven Nation Army, they say, oh, I know this. I mean, it's probably, it's mm. made into sports events, you know, sporting events. Oh, very much so. Yeah, you know, it's... it's Jack White said that uh, it's not his song anymore, or that the world's taken it, and he's very happy about that. He says it's essentially like a modern folk song. Yeah. And it's no longer his, and he's very happy about that. Yep, so I could see that. Even if Seven Nation Army was the only thing they ever did, it's such a phenomenal, it's such a phenomenon that I would say that alone would give White Stripes enough to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that song has just gone beyond a popular song into just the world. Even people who don't listen to any kind of popular music still know that song. It's even more than Smells Like Teen Spirit was for Nirvana. I think Seven Nation Army has just become its own thing. So yeah, I definitely think they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at some point. I don't know if it's this year, but... Mm -hmm. I think they deserve to be in there. Agreed. Think it's too early or? It seems kind of early. Yes. It, it would make me mad if they got in, but it it does seem a little early. Because mm. I'm not saying it's this, this is an apples and oranges thing, but they're just kind of plopping in there and people have been looking for the pixies for years. Mm -hmm. It's like, why the, why the leapfrogging? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only thing that I would balk at too. It's like, okay, but there's a lot of bands from some previous decades that should get in before these guys. Yeah. 
I I think the Pixies were definitely a unique thing, but there's not a single song by the Pixies that is even remotely close to the hits that we're talking about by these other bands. That's and true. I don't mean just the White Stripes. I mean any of the other bands that we're talking about. Yeah, even Sheryl Crow? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah. can't... Look, I will say this about Sheryl Crow. I mean, she's got the, the got hit resume. She's got, the she's got that yeah. She's got that checked off. Those boxes checked off. As far as like top 10 hits, she's mm-hmm. got a, a few of those. As has already been pointed out, she has more of those than, you know, Kate Bush or Iron Maiden or a lot of the other bands on this list. But, but I think with the Pixies, their strength is, and their strength in getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is they influenced Nirvana. Mm-hmm. They influenced the nineties. They, they were the band that, I mean, not alone, not just them, but they were one of the bands that was almost the, at the time they called it college rock, the college rock template for what became popular the next decade. Yeah. Well, I, ha- I have to get my little, my little dig in here. Uh-oh. The Pixies were the subject subject of a documentary called Loud, Quiet, Loud. And that was one of the things that they got a lot of credit for that they gave to Nirvana was the Loud, Quiet, Loud dynamic. And uh, mm-hmm. they said that they got it from another band. Oh. Hmm. There Which you go. Would that be? They got There's the so many bands they, that have done they, that. that they, got it, they got that. it from the cars. They they cited ah. they cited the cars, but I'm just sorry. so you know, from a musician's point yeah. of view, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm just saying it's that. so phenomenally common yeah. that talking about one band doing that is kind of like saying, "Well, this band played guitar in their band. <laughs> this exactly. band had a drummer, so we should talk about that." And Nirvana, they didn't always do loud, quiet, loud. Nope, <laughs> they just did loud. <laughs> Polly, just quiet. Oh, I know. Heart <laughs> shaped box. Loud, quiet, oh, yeah. Loud. All right. So, and last but not last least. Last but not least, another classic artist. We're going back right. to the seventies, I guess, on this one. Yep. Uh, mainly, uh, he, perform- he performed after that, but uh, in another seventies and eighties. So, who sadly no longer with us, but Warren Zevon. Uh, who's been deserved to be in there for quite a many years. Yeah, he is uh he is a unique and significant uh songwriter, singer, artist uh and uh yeah, he's definitely a musician's musician. And I think that's really what's going to prevent him from getting in is oh, the Werewolves of London guy. Yeah, you know oh, that's so much more than that, though. Right? So I know yeah, that, I know. and you know that. But if yeah. you ask your average Joe on the street, he's going to say, "Why is he even on the list? He had one song." Yeah, I I felt that way last year about Todd Rundgren. People would be like, the average person would be like, "The bang, the drum guy." Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like Gary Newman with with the song Cars. You know, it's right. <laughs> But uh, I put him like on a level like uh, it's hard to describe. I mean, he's so unique. But I mean, I I sort of tie him in a little bit with like maybe Elvis Elvis Costello, and Elvis is in right. 
Yeah, yeah. Both of them. I also put them up um, there with, the same way with Todd Rundgren, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot I, of ways, I, very I agree, similar. I think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I figured when Todd got in, Warren would be next to follow. Be next. I would put Todd Rundgren and Warren Zevon in the same general category when it comes to. Uh, they may not have had a lot of hits. They may not be famous for many songs, but they had an expansive career. And they influenced a ton yep. of people yeah. across yeah. all different and, genres. And as a songwriter, their songs will be covered by other artists, have already been covered by many artists, and will be covered for years to come. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I know a lot more about Todd Rundgren than I do about Warren Zevon, but yeah. I, I still think they're kind of in that same vein. Mm-hmm. I, I get him. Who did Bad to the Bone? That's George Thorogood. Yeah, that's that's why I'm like, I can't weigh in on this because I'm like, Mm -hmm. I get George Thorogood, Warren Zevon, and like these guys. I'm like, which one did which? Bambi's over here going, I think Warren Zevon is bad to the bone. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew enough that I was like, this one and who did that? You know, so I'm not good with this one. Well, the answer to that question is George Thorogood did it, unless it's werewolves of blood. And it's interesting, too, because he had a lot of respect in the industry and so much so like when Letterman had his heart attack, you know, he actually filled in for Letterman for quite a few episodes of hosting the the late show. And also he was the band leader when Paul Schaefer was out. Oh, wow. Letterman was a big fan of his. Yeah. And if Letterman Letterman doesn't do the introduction for him at the hall. I'll be shocked. Ah, that would be an That's interesting choice. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would love that. That would be. They cool. might use that as a bonus to to let him in. That well, <laughs> but yeah, but no, there's so many. You know, I've I've been lucky. I've seen Warren Zevon twice in concert, and mm-hmm. he is an amazing, amazing musician. And he's personable, and the stories he told, he, you know, and it was just. It was just awesome to get to see him in concert. And it's a shame it's taken this long for him to get in. And he'll probably get in the back door. Um, He'll probably, I feel like he's a musical excellence guy. I don't know. There were a lot of people, including a certain Bruce Springsteen, who played on his final album. Exactly. Bruce and Jackson Brown and... Uh, Billy then, Joel, I guess, wrote a letter to the nominating committee uh, advocating for Warren Zevon. I've heard people say, oh, Warren Zevon, he was he was hard to deal with. He's a divisive figure. And I'm like, I don't know. I think a lot of people, fans and voting body, um, who remember that era, who remember the Linda Ronstadt covers that she had hits with, I I can see him going in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. On the ballot. I would on like that. I don't have a problem with that. I no. certainly don't have a problem with him. I could actually see him getting in on his first nomination. I, I think I, I can too. Yeah. I think there's Over a very good possibility. Over Quest? Why, yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I'd be happy to see Letterman do the induction. And that is my one uh, exception to this trend of having movie stars and TV people do the inductions. I want to see musicians do them. I don't mm-hmm. care. I personally don't care if Robert Downey Jr. loves Duran Duran. 
Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> I want to hear what other musicians have to say. Oh, Drew Robert Barrymore in the Go-Go's? What do you mean? Yeah, it's, it's very cute. Let them be in the package. Let them say their little thing in the video package. But have, <laughs> have everybody who is inducted needs an inductor, and it needs to be a musician. I mean, you have people like, you know, like Dan Aykroyd and other artists who have done music too. So, yeah, maybe they get a pass too. But, but I mean, to Michelle's point, um, you know, uh, I mean, they made a big to-do with uh, Bon Jovi got in that Howard Stern was to introduce them. And they made a big deal about that. Um, and Howard Stern even left New York to do it, which he doesn't do very often. Um, and that was pretty huge. I I would love to see Letterman do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can get that kind of, you want to get Warren, you, you want to get attention to Warren Zevon? Don't have Jackson Brown induct him. Have have uh, the best yeah. thing you can do is have David Letterman induct him, yeah. and then that gets more eyes and ears into Warren's Yvonne stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it's deeply personal for for David Letterman. So. Yep, yeah, very much so. So that's all it. right. That is your potential list of inductees for twenty twenty three. There's only we don't we don't know how many people will be. Uh, selected because they sort of changed that with the whole Every like year. back door. <laughs> they kind this of is the smallest ballot since 2010. So I have a feeling they are trying to trim the length of the induction ceremony. We may not get seven this year. Is that in LA? They have not announced where it will be. It should be in Cleveland, but they have not announced. Hmm. Where I know that LA is on the table for them to do ceremonies of. So, so we won't know until April. So do you want uh, early to, May? Early, early May. May. You want so, to do our picks real quick? So yeah, um, you, I just wanted to let people know who are watching, listening, that they can vote. Vote often. <laughs> vote. <laughs> you can vote often. You can vote multiple times a day uh, and many days of the week. I mean, you can. You know, it's not just a one-time thing. So if you and this really won't be voter somebody, fraud, folks. Really won't. Yeah, um, you once, can uh, once per day per email. Um, bear in mind that what they do is they take all of the hundreds of thousands of fan votes and it counts as one vote, so it counts in an infinitesimal way. Yeah. One vote compared to everybody else on the on the committee, uh, yeah. not just the committee, but the, yeah. the whole body, uh, right? It includes uh, past nominees, right? Or n- not nominees, but past people in, uh. The voting body, they're very secretive about. It's presenters get a ballot. Um, inductees all get an automatic ballot. Um, and they, they they used to say, oh, it's an induction by your peers. But then they realized that the peers were voting. They vote like fans. They They vote for what they like. And it doesn't, you know, certain acts were just never getting in because they didn't have that popularity factor. And so they've they've started slipping in some critics and some writers and journalists, and they don't really say how it's. So it, you get how many, how many how many votes do you get? Like how many bands or artists can you vote on a ballot? Uh, official voters can vote for five. Okay, so you don't have to name five, but Bamba, we'll start with you. Um, up to five people that you feel strongly about are worthy of getting in. Uh, let's see. I got to go through the thing. Let's see. Iron Maiden, uh, George Michael, Spinners, Soundgarden, 
And I'm going to do the Joy Division New Order. There we go. Okay. And Ricky? Definitely Iron Maiden. Cindy Lauper, Willie Nelson, George Michael, and White Stripes. Michelle? Who do I want or who do I think they'll go for? Uh, who do you want? Who do I want? Um, Iron Maiden, George Michael, The Spinner, Cindy Lauper, Warren Zevon, and right below that would be Willie Nelson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I will ch- choose uh, Kate Bush, Iron Maiden, Joy Division, Slash New Order, Cindy Lauper, and Soundgarden. Cool. And Mike. Me. I'm going to do Warren Zevon, Soundgarden, Willie Nelson, George Michael, and Joy Division. Wow. We are all got very different lists, <laughs> which is, you know, what it's all about. So, of course, but I will say, you know, I, I don't think this is, as Michelle said, it may not have like a wow factor of like, oh, that definitely needs to be, that person definitely needs to be in the first. I don't know if we have those anymore, to be honest with you. I don't know if we have artists that once they're eligible, it's like, yeah, they need to go in right away. Uh, cause it just seems like things are different now as far as there's no superstars as much anymore. But, um, again, that's another podcast, but, uh, um, but I think it's a good list and I think everybody deserves to be in, um, even if it's not my personal taste, I think they're all excellent musicians. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to take a quick break and then close up the show. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about all three seasons of Narcos. There are some really well-done shows right now talking about the events that happened in the 80s and 90s. Chernobyl, which is an amazing show if you haven't seen it, and my recent watch, Narcos. It is really weird watching a show that the events that are going on in it were happening as you were growing up. Having seen the archived news footage that was used in the show on TV, but also getting some context while also dramatized for a television show, but still interesting to learn more about the events that happened in Colombia in the late 80s with Pablo Escobar and America's part in it. Narcos is a Netflix show that's been out for a while. It stars Boyd Holbrook and Pedro Pascal, as well as many other amazing actors. The show is a combination of English and Spanish, and oh buddy, the story is an interesting one. All three seasons are solid, from start to finish. Fantastic. And it really lays out each era of what was going on during the war on drugs in Colombia. It is also really interesting to see the range of the actors in this show, since we know Boyd Holbrook from Sandman, and we know Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us and The Mandalorian, so it's really interesting to see them in a dramatic role like this, overseeing them in the fandom shows that we're used to seeing them in. I will say, this show is intense. I did watch something else, Harley Quinn, while watching this, since the topic, you know, are sometimes very intense and very violent at times. And so I did need a palate cleanser. But Narcos is a solid drama that starts and stays strong throughout all three seasons. Would highly recommend it if you like crime shows, especially shows that are based on real life events. 
Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Ricky and Bambi, thank you so much as always. Thanks for having us. Anything you guys want to promote or shout out about? <laughs> no no upcoming shows? You know? I, uh, I understand the new Tiki Zombie comic is about to come Ooh. out. So that's exciting. <laughs> Yes, but you guys are actually performing. I know that we're we we are going to see you next month. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They they want to come oh, to the roller derby. We're at the show. roller derby. That's yeah. right. The yeah. Awesome Kingdom Ramblers. I mean, we we have a show this weekend. It's not PKR, but I mean, you know, Radio Cult on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to find the shows. That's a better way to do it. But, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, Possum Kingdom Ramblers is playing at roller derby coming up. So that's, that's awesome. 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 Very cool. And Michelle, thank you as always. And thank you for the blog you do every week. It's a ton of fun. (laughs) Thanks. It's awesome. Anything you want to shout out about or anything? Any music news for this week? Uh, Ozzy's not touring anymore. Hmm. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) I did see that. that. He did do a Super Bowl commercial, but he is not touring anymore. Kind of Ozzy like Osbourne in a tie he did shot. many yeah. years ago. <laughs> I thought that, but no, this sounds like it's medically necessary to not tour anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. It's time, I think. This, yeah, he, this he, time, he, I think it's real. He, he can't travel. I think they're looking into trying to find some way he can do a residency somewhere. Yeah. So I think he just released an album, though, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I well, mm-hmm. not just, but in 22. Yeah. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. Sorry about that, um, folks, with, you know, everything that's been going on in the world and everything. But you know what? We still got music, which is really awesome. You know, it's a cool thing. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. Um, uh, comic creator Lee Giles uh, last year came out with an independent book called Red Scare, the first issue. Um, it was really cool. It was available through crowdfunding. The second issue is going to the campaign uh, on on Kickstarter. starts for that uh, February 14th. Yes, that's uh, as you're listening to this, that was a few days ago. As we're recording this, that's tomorrow. Uh, but uh Anyway, there'll be plenty of time to jump on. And if you missed out on Red Scare number one uh, in the campaign, one of the options is to get both one and two. So you can get caught up. And I definitely recommend checking it out. It's an action horror comic set in post-war, uh, in a post-war sort of futuristic thing. It's uh, But it's, it's really cool. Um, and uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. Awesomeness. Very, very cool. Um, for my shout out real quick, 
I have been seeing another podcast. That's right, folks. I have been seeing the Flopcast. That's right. I you took went a to visit Chicken Town. To, I went to Chicken Town. Finally, after all these years of having Kevin and Cornflake up on the show, I got to visit Chicken Town, and we got to talk about my top four and a half concerts of my life. It was wow. actually a ton of fun, and it was hard to actually pick four and a half concerts. <laughs> yeah, he's that like, I had actually. Uh, you mean four and a half for this just this month? Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. I love going to see live music, and we have a ton lined up already for 2023, and going to be a ton of fun to see that. And all the way, we talk all the way from me going to my very first concert when I was two years old, going to Woodstock, and actually then going all the way to our last concert that we went to just a couple of weeks ago, seeing Bruce Springsteen. So it's, you know, tons of fun to, to be able to talk about that. And Kevin and Cornflake are such great folks. Sadly, Cornflake wasn't available because she was sick. So I just had to hang out with Kevin and drink iced coffee. It was okay. though. It was a good thing. So it was a ton of fun. This week's chick, um, Flopcast is available now. So when this goes live, it'll be out. So check it out. It's a ton of fun to be able to talk about all that kind of stuff. So that is going to wrap up this episode for this week. Want to thank everyone for listening. You know, if, if you want to get back to us, feedback at Earth Station One is always the best way. Want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Tifosi Optics. Tifosi Optical is a great glass company out of North Georgia. And you know what? They make glasses and sunglasses that are to you what you want. You, They have your prescriptions if you need it. You can pick your own colors. You can pick your own frame colors, your own frame designs. It's pretty cool stuff what they got. But they also have gamer glasses, 4K glasses. They have blue light blocking glasses, safety goggles, face shields. You name it, they have it. Just check it out, tofosioptics.com. And if you get a chance, put in the code EarthStation1 or ESO Network, and you get 10% off your whole order. Just not one thing, but your whole order. It's pretty awesome, folks. It's pretty cool to do. And you know what? Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can be found over on YouTube. That's why we're doing the graphics on the podcast, folks, because we're taking, uh, you know, watching our folks over on YouTube and our numbers are growing there. So please, if you get a chance, please subscribe and like if you get a chance. Thanks for listening to the show, folks. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Michelle Borg, Ricky and Bambi, thank you. As you know, as we like to say, we will see you next time here on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and we will see you all real soon. Peace and we Bye. Are done. and remember to vote for the Rock, folks. Check it out. <laughs> Peace. Rock on. rock on, dude. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. 
We want to hear from you. Please write us at EarthStation1 at ESONetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the EarthStation1 podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.